0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Man, I'm so excited to be with you today. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kevin. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life, and I'm going to guide us together for the next 35 minutes or so. And I want to tell you one thing that I'm so excited about. Before I came on stage, I had an opportunity to go across the hallway and meet with about 30 people who are going through our intro class right now. And if you're new to New Life, intro is simply this. It's the It's the class that lasts for two weeks that talks about the heartbeat of who we are as a church. This is where we share uh, why we love the way we love, why we serve the way we serve, what we believe about God, what we believe about you, what we believe about this community and how it draws us into this city. Uh, It's where we share the reality that as a church, we were created to do anything short of sinning, to knock down any barrier for you to come and encounter God, because I believe that God knocked down every barrier for you to come and encounter Him. that he actually moved heaven and earth to come and be with you today. And so as a church, we want to be that kind of community. Why would we do anything less than what God has done for us? Which is why I always tell you, kick off your shoes, get comfortable, bring in your coffee. I don't care if it spills. I love every single coffee stain in this church because I believe that you are more important than a cup of coffee and you connecting with God is more important than a stain on a floor. And so that's what we talk about at intro. But I just want you to know if it's your first time here, man, I could not be happier for you because I believe that God has you here on purpose. And I think he's going to show that to you right now. Uh, well, we're, we're in this series that we are calling Ask It. And a few things to help you on this journey would be our card that says, Start Here. We invite everybody to fill this out every week, at least with your name, but also with your email address, because we use this throughout the week. We're going to invite you to take some steps of action in response to what you're hearing today, because I believe that when you get information and apply it to your life, it will help transform your life. And I'm not concerned with you just learning more. I want us to be transformed by the love of God. So go ahead and get that filled out. The other thing you want to grab are your teaching notes, and and for some of you, you might not be teaching note people, but especially now as we head into this winter session of life groups, on the back of our teaching notes each week, we're going to have life group discussion questions. So you're going to want to fill this out and then take it home and work through on your own some of these life group discussion questions. So when you get to your life group and we're talking about the message and the things that we were learning and we're going deeper in that, you will be the smartest kid in class because you've already answered the questions. So go ahead and get that ready, and you're going to just another tool for you. to engage with God throughout this week. So go ahead and grab that. Well, the series uh, Ask It kind of came out of the idea that I believe none of us wants to look back at our past and think that our our past years were our best years. I said last week, nobody wants to be that guy at the 20-year high school reunion who's still talking about his glory days in the championship football game. You don't want to be that guy. Listen, that might be a highlight. That was fun. But if in 20 years— the, the high school football game was the sum and total of the best moment of your life. You're a loser, okay? No one, I, I don't, I no, that's, that might be a little harsh, but, but here's what I would say. God wants better for you. God doesn't want our 30s to be the peak and have it all downhill for there. In fact, God designed you to live in an increasing life with him so that every year, the more we connect with him, the more we grow with him, the more we learn to live the way we are created, it would actually be a better year, a more purposeful year, a a, a year that's more free of regret and pain and hurt, um, needless financial heartache, needless relational strife. He wants it to be an increasing year. And if we ask just one question over three dimensions, we believe that our future can actually be brighter than our past. So here are the three dimensions we've been exploring for the last few weeks. Just a quick overview. Uh, In light of our past experience, because your past is yours, it's not mine or hers or his, in light of your past experience, what is the wise choice to make with your life? For six weeks, we're talking about wisdom. We're not talking about What's the legal choice to make versus the illegal choice to make? Because we've all made choices that were legal that led us to incredible regret. That, that week on spring break, that that night out, that, that night at home, you know, <laughs> so we've all wasn't illegal, but you regret it now. What's the wise choice based on your past? Because your past is uniquely yours. The other dimension is this: based on your current circumstances, what's the wise choice? For you to make. I was talking a few weeks ago about one of our piano players, Spike, who was just up here. They just had a a baby a few weeks ago. Now, based on their current circumstances, the wise choice for them, nap as often as possible when your child is napping, because you will not sleep throughout the night. Now, I don't have to nap. My kids sleep throughout the night. (laughs) Sorry for you. But based on your current circumstances, what's the wise choice for you to make? And then based on your future hopes and dreams. What are your dreams for the future? What's the wise choice for you to make today to get you where you want to go on that day? And today what I want to do is I want to, I want to talk about what is the, what's the wise choice to make with our most valuable resource. And I'm not talking about your house. I'm not, I'm not talking about your pension. I'm not talking about your car. Listen, I've seen some of your cars. I'm not talking about that talking about your time have you ever have you ever zoomed out and realized that your time is your most valuable resource because time is the only resource that you have in increasingly decreasing value god designed our life to go up but at the same time our time on earth is going down And we can exercise to try to prolong that a little bit. But the truth is, when that day comes, and that day will come for all of us, that the last sand drops out of the hourglass of our lives. That is it. And we cannot gain any more of it on that day. In the past three weeks, I have had a connection with three people who have had their last day on this earth and headed into eternity. And it just got me thinking. What's the wise thing to do with your most valuable resource, your Your time. Your time. Because listen, you can make more money. You can make more friends. But you can't magically make more time. And I love listening to other pastors preach and teach because I believe that every leader should be a learner, whether that's in your vocation or in your family. I think if you're leading any sort of organization, you should be learning. And I want to be the kind of leader that's constantly a learner because I owe it to you. I owe it to God to be growing and learning all the time. And I was, I was listening to a pastor the other day and he said there are, there are four observations about time. And the minute he said them, I thought to myself, man, that makes a ton of sense. I, I, how did I not think about that? before and here's the reason why i hadn't thought about this before see when we get busy in life and let's be honest life gets busy as we get older we put our nose to the grindstone and we go down and we just we try to do the next right thing and our days turn into weeks weeks turn into months months turn into years and if we're not careful we never actually look up and zoom out and ask some questions and make some observations about the most valuable resource that we have on this earth our time our time So I want to share those with you today, and then I want to to talk about what God says about time based on those observations. What does the Bible tell us about time? So here are our four observations, and I'm guessing when I say them to you, you're going to think, oh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because intuitively you know this, but I just want us to zoom out and cognitively think about it. The first is this, investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. It adds up. You know this in your life, if you exercise 30 minutes a day, week after week, month after month, year after year, in a year, five years, ten years, you will be in better shape. You will be healthier by small investments of time exercising over time. If you choose to invest time in your family by having dinner with your kids just 30 minutes a night for five, six, seven nights a week, every single day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you have a better shot of beating the odds when your kids get into high school and all, all your friends are saying, man, our kids, they don't talk to us anymore. They're closed off. You have a better shot of keeping the lines of communication open if we invest, at a young age, small amounts of time at the dinner table just sharing life and talking and sharing what's going on with ourselves and asking our kids what's happening with them. Small investments of time over time has a cumulative effect the same is true as we engage with God in our, in our spirituality. Small investments of time, which is why I encourage us on a regular basis, be with God reading the Bible every day, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, because I believe that small investments of time over time will help you grow closer to God. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, if you walk out these doors, there's a big long table right on the other side. We have Bibles there. Just grab one. It's our gift to you. So you can start. Uh, start in in Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. That's a great place to start investing your time as you grow with God. But small investments of time over time. I remember uh, almost four years ago, I said, You know what, God? I don't want to miss another day uh, reading my Bible, getting into your Word and praying. And uh, over those almost four years, there have been certain days where God just grabbed me and he inspired me and changed me and my imagination started to go with God and it was really this this deep moment. And then there were other days where I I had a good time with God. It was good. I mean, I I learned something new. I connected with him. He was changing the way I was thinking. But it wasn't like this, oh, wow, super deep experience. But, but, I did some math this morning. It's been 1,339 days since I made that commitment. And I can tell you the cumulative effect is I'm closer to God now than I was four years ago. I just am, because small investments of time, over time, have a cumulative effect. Here's the problem. There are two problems, though. To make small investments of time takes discipline. It takes discipline, and we don't get an immediate payoff. And we live in a culture that likes immediate payoff. You can't have one dinner with a family and expect it to be perfect all of a sudden. It takes time It takes discipline. It takes a schedule. And the payoff doesn't come until later, which leads us to our second observation. Neglect is also cumulative, but neglect is easier in the short run and more costly in the long run. How many times have you said, I'm going to start exercising. This is my year. This is the time. And and you set your alarm for 5 o'clock, five thirty My wife, by the way, my wife, she sets her alarm for four45 every morning and gets up and runs i don 't even know if god 's awake at four forty five in the morning, but my wife is awake, but I have a really hard time here 's what I do. I set my alarm, but then I start watching Netflix and then the kids are crying the night before or whatever and and my alarm goes off, and i didn 't do healthy things. To begin with, I didn't have discipline the night before. And so I wake up and the alarm goes off and I'm just so angry. And so I hit snooze and snooze and snooze. And before I know it, the kids are awake. It's time for me to shower. Got to get ready for work. And I've missed that time to exercise. How many of you have, have done that? Because it's easier to choose neglect in the short run. It takes less discipline to choose neglect in the short run, but it's more costly in the long run. I can promise you this. If you think exercising is costly now, In 20, 30, 40 years, when your body starts to fail because you did not take care of it, now you will realize how costly it was to not exercise then. But you can't go back and fix that. You know what we call that? When you look back on something wishing you could change it, but you can't? Regret. And God designed us to live without regret. So small investments of time over time are cumulative, but neglect is also cumulative. And while it seems easier in the short run, it's actually more costly in the long run. Think about your spiritual health. It seems easier sometimes to skip church on a Sunday. It seems easier sometimes to not go to life group on a regular basis. And I get that. There are certain nights when I have my life group night, and I'm tired, and I want to stay home, and I want to put on sweatpants and not go. It seems easier in the short run, but I can tell you, uh, my wife, uh, just in the past, in a span of 10 days, my wife lost her grandmother at 94 and her grandfather who had been married for 72 years. In the course of 10 days, they both died. They are a wonderful couple. I'll share more about them in a little bit. But I can tell you this. While it seems costly sometimes to go to a life group, when tragedy strikes and you lose a family member, I can't tell you how thankful I am that we have a life group who's calling us and praying for us and caring for us in this moment. It's more costly when tragedy strikes not to have that spiritual investment than it would have been to invest small amounts of time over time The same is true for you. It might seem costly to get into God's word every day, but I can tell you when tragedy strikes, and it will in life, it's going to feel even more costly to realize you don't have a personal relationship with God in that moment, and you don't have a community of people wrapped around you to care for you in that moment, which is why it's so important to make small investments of time over time. Our third example, uh, our third observation is this. In the areas, uh, oh no, our third is this. Random, random, that was random, random, Has no cumulative value. Here's what I mean by that. If you choose to do a date night every week with your spouse, there is cumulative value to that. At the end of a month or two months, you're going to feel more connected to your spouse if you choose to be with them in a date night on a weekly basis. But if you choose random instead of that date night, if you choose uh, to watch football one night instead, if you choose to work late one night instead, if you choose to uh, go out with, with the guys one night instead, if you choose to, uh, I don't know, fall asleep one night instead, those are four random things. And at the end of that month, they won't have any cumulative value. They're just four random things. And we can't expect to do random things with our time and have it add up to anything in the end. And God would want for you a great marriage. is why he says invest the time regularly with your spouse, God would want for you a great family, which is why he says invest the time regularly because random has no cumulative value. If you create a budget this year and stick to it, at the end of the year, you, if, you, if you work your budget well, you'll be on your way to getting out of debt. If you work your budget well, you will have more freedom. You won't, be, you won't be worried when you go to the post office or you go to the mailbox and you see the bill come in because you know you have a plan to get out of debt. That's cumulative over time. But, but, If you do random instead, if you go buy an extra pair of shoes or uh, spend a little extra on Christmas, do that unplanned vacation, those are random things with our money. And at the end of the year, you won't have any cumulative effect for it. You'll just have a bunch of random things. The question is, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your time? Because random, random won't add up to anything in the end. And the last observation is is this. This one's fun. In the areas of life that matter the most— we cannot make up for misspent time. And here's the problem. When we're young in the areas of life that matter least, we can totally make up for misspent time. Uh, you, you can, if you're a student, you shouldn't do this, but you could do this. You could, you could slack off if you're relatively smart all semester long, cram at the end, and still pass your classes. That was my experience for much of high school and a good chunk of college. Here's the problem. That area does not matter the most, but in the areas of life that matter the most, it's actually more like exercise. Uh, I have a twin brother in Southern California, and a few years ago, before I started exercising regularly, he was already exercising. And, and he's like me, except for, like, big, you know? Like, he's strong. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. This is how I, this is what he would look like if you saw him. And one time for Christmas, before I started exercising, he was going, like, six days a week, you know? I can't scratch my back. So, anyway, um, he said, hey, hey Kevin, because that's how strong people talk. Hey, Kevin, he's got a... muscles grow, the voice gets deeper. Kevin, you want to go to the gym with me? Uh, yeah, I was in my late 20s. Um, he's my twin brother, and I am extremely competitive. So I said, yes, I do want to go to the gym with you. And in my mind, I thought, and I'm going to show you. <laughs> because I am going to lift as much weight as you lift every single time. So I got there ready for the workout of my life, ready to show him that even though I am only two minutes younger than him, that is younger enough to be better. So I get there and he puts the weight on the bench and he, he punches, I was just, he's like talking to me, So what do you think? You having a good vacation? He's busting all his wraps in this way. I'm like, okay. Um, and I get on the weight machine thing and it's kind of like, uh, I'm gonna totally fall over. It's kind of like, uh, you know, that guy who's like this, uh, one. I I think I did three. I think I did three. (laughs) But I did the same amount of weight that he did. I'm like, hey, that was a great workout. Let's go home. He's like, "Uh, no, that's one of like 12 things we're going to do today. And that's just one set of three sets on that thing. So I do the thing and we go to the next machine. I'm doing the thing. And all of a sudden I had this weird feeling, you know, where where your stomach starts to kind of feel funky, you know. And and then my lip started to sweat a little bit. Um, I got kind of lightheaded. And I said, well, I think I need to use the restroom. Please excuse me for a second. And I went into the bathroom and I vomited all over the place. Now, don't shake your head at me like you've never done the mega workout. I know some of you guys, it's like, I didn't work out at all last year, so I'm hitting the gym on January 1, January 2, come on. January 2, I'm doing the mega workout. And what do you do? You work out for like three hours and you're like hitting it. And, you feel, and then you get home and everything hurts, you know? You can't work out for another month because you're so sore from the mega workout. Why? Because you can't make up for a year of not working out with one mega workout. Maybe you're like, I don't work out. Okay, how about the mega run? I've seen you guys out there. Like, you don't run for a year, and then I'm going to run five miles today. You run five miles, and it's like, my legs hurt. I got blisters. Everything is, ah. Okay. That's the guys. That's the guys. Uh, Ah. And Why? Why? Because you can't make up for misspent time by doing a mega workout. Small investments of time over time. It's the same thing in the areas of life that matter most. You can't miss church for a month and then come and sit through three services on a Sunday and expect the same thing to happen that would have happened if you would have come with little investments of time over time. Now, if you laugh at my jokes, you're more than welcome to come to three services every Sunday. But it won't make up for it the time you missed. How about, how about family? You can't, you can't go to your 16-year-old kid and say, hey, I know we haven't had family dinners together for the last five years, and I did the math, and so here's what we're going to do. It's a three-day week or night now. We're going to sit at the table for the next three days straight to make up for all the time we missed at family dinners for the last five years. She will hate you. <laughs> why? Because in the areas of life that matter most, we can't make up for misspent time. It just doesn't work that way. That's why small amounts of time over time have cumulative effect. You you can't neglect your marriage for 10 years and go to one weekend conference and expect everything to be better. That might kickstart it, but it's going to take small investments of time after that to make it last. In the areas of life that matter most, our spirituality, our finances, our vocation, um, our maturity as people, we can't neglect it for years and then do a mega workout and expect it to be all better. Now, with that as the backdrop, if you believe that God is is a loving, good, kind, wise gracious God, which we at New Life we believe that He is. We believe that God is is more like a loving Heavenly Father who has great plans for you than He is like some sort of distant deity who set the world up, turned the clock, and then walked away. We believe He genuinely cares about each of you and has a plan for you. Now, with that as the backdrop, what would you expect a loving Heavenly Father to say about your time? My guess is whatever you think he would say, He's gonna say. We're gonna go back to our our passage that we looked at the very first week of this series from Ephesians, where Paul's talking to a group of people, and he says, just zoom out for a few minutes. Just zoom out and look around and think about what it would mean to be wise with me. And this is what, this is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk. And we talked a few weeks ago about how that word walk, it's a visual term. What he's saying is don't just put your nose to the grindstone and, and walk through life with blinders on. Instead, look around. Like when you're driving a car, you want, to be, you want to be looking around, checking the mirrors, looking at all the different places. Don't go through life looking down. Go through life looking around. Be careful how you walk. Pull your head up for a few minutes and look. Not as unwise. Unwise. Unwise is just to walk with your head down until you get to a cliff and just walk right off. That's unwise. Not as unwise, but as wise as you are looking around in life. He says, ask this question, what's the wise thing for me to do? And then I want to zero in on this next part. He says, making the most of your time. That word, uh, or that phrase, making the most of your time, in the original language, it it literally means redeeming your time. Redeeming your time. We're we're heading into the Super Bowl, aren't we? This is very exciting. Uh, We're heading into the Super Bowl, and I'm going to ask you in a second, don't shout it out, I'm going to ask you in a second, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Now, if you're a 49er faithful, you better make up a team right now, because there's a lot of Seahawks fans in here who are going to scream Seahawks in just about 10 seconds. So you better think of a different team quick, even if you don't believe it, you better say it. I give you the freedom to lie in church this one time. So, in a few weeks, when the Super Bowl comes, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I'm just wondering. Go ahead. Who do you think is going to win? The Patriots. Patriots. Oh, oh, oh. Well, Someone said the Packers, and I forgive you. Uh, I'm a Bears fan, so I'm just going to... We're a church. We'll let it slide. We all have teams we think are going to win. Now, imagine, imagine, take that team that you think is going to win. Imagine you got a coupon in the mail tomorrow that said, go out to, to Arizona, right, where they're playing the game. Go out to Arizona and turn in this ticket at will call and you will be able to redeem it for a spot on the field next to your favorite player on your favorite team in the Super Bowl you would go you would go but then imagine if you got to will call and you said i've got this this coupon That I want to redeem. And they said to you, okay, you can redeem this coupon, but actually you have to sit up in the nosebleed section and watch the game from there. What would you do? You would say, not on your life. I want to get onto the field. This coupon is for me not to sit up there. It's for me to sit right down there with the players. I want to be so close that they are literally dripping sweat onto me. I want to stink just by proximity to these football players. That's what you would say at Will Call. Because why? You want to make the most of that ticket. You want to redeem that ticket for full value. And Paul says this, your time is your most valuable resource and you need to redeem it for full value. You've got 24 hours in a day and you're in charge of how you spend that time. So Paul says, don't don't be like unwise people who just let their time slip through their fingers like sands on an hourglass. Instead, redeem your time for its full value. Make small investments of your time in the most strategic places because time over time, invested strategically, has a cumulative effect. And he says, do it because these days are evil. And we talked about that a little bit. When he says evil, he's basically saying there are certain patterns in this world that if you just go with the flow, you're going to get somewhere you don't want to go. If you go with with the flow of our culture, uh, you've got kind of a 50-50 chance that your marriage will end in divorce. And he says, listen, you don't want that. You didn't get married saying, I hope someday we get divorced and, and it hurts her, it hurts him, and, and it hurts the kids, and I hope someday we have to split them up and make them choose between us. You didn't get married thinking that. Why? Paul says because it's evil that would hurt you, and God loves you, doesn't want to hurt you. Things like like finances. If we just go with the flow of our culture financially, you will end up in debt because Everything around us is telling us debt is fine. Debt is good. Debt is acceptable. But you know as well as I do, you don't want to end up in debt, wondering if you're going to lose the house, lose the car, wondering if you can make that payment, hoping you don't lose your job. Otherwise, you don't know where you'll get food to feed your kids. No one wants to end up in debt. Why? Because Paul says it's, it's evil. And God has better for you than that. So he says, redeem your time. Don't just go with the flow of culture. Because if you go with the flow of culture, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to to go. It says redeem every second for full value. So, as we wrap our time up together, I want to take this back and make it practical. In light of your past experiences, here's the question for you, in light of your past experiences, where do you need to make some regular investments of time? In light of the fact that maybe you've neglected a relationship for the past six months or a year, do you need to make some daily investments of your time in that relationship in 2015? Do you need to put it on your calendar in ink? Or do you need to type it into your calendar and then not edit it and make some regular investments of a relationship? In light of your past, the fact that now you're in debt, do you need to make some regular investments of your time to create a budget, to have meetings, to discuss it, stay on track so you can be financially free at the end of the year? In light of your past, what's the wise thing to do with your time? How can you invest your time? In light of the fact that you've been exploring God or maybe, maybe in the past, for the last six months, year, ten years, you've neglected your faith component of your life. But now in 2015, you want to explore God. In light of your past experiences, what's the wise thing to do with your time now? And I want to tell you, the wise thing to do with your time now is to make regular investments in your faith. Ten minutes in your Bible every day. Join a life group and be with those people once a week. Make the commitment and be at church once a week. And don't miss it. Don't miss it. Communicate to your kids. Church is a priority for me. How many times have you sat in church and you thought to yourself, wow, I feel like the pastor's talking right to me. I feel like he had a camera in my room, not not in like a creepy sort of in my room, but like, we're <laughs> not that kind of church, but like, you know, like he could tell, he heard that conversation. How did he know that? You, you go to your spouse, did you, did you tell him about our fight? Like, have you had that? It's like, God is speaking to me today. We've all had, had that, or many of us have had that type of thing, but I was thinking about it this morning, and I was wondering how many times God had prepared that kind of moment for us in church, and we just never showed up. You ever think about that? How many times that that was going to be the day that you opened up your Bible, started reading, and God just spoke to you, revealed himself to you, but, but that day you just never opened your Bible? How many times? That night at Life Group was going to be the night when God used somebody to tap you on the shoulder about your vision, about your passion, about some area of your life, but it was hard to find a babysitter and you were tired and you had to work late and you didn't show up. I, I just wonder how many times. And I don't want that for you. Man, it, it caused me to pray for you when I started thinking about that, that you would make a regular investment in your faith every single day, every single week. For those of you who are college students, do you realize that in the world, if you get a college degree, you're one of only 6.7% of people in the world to have a degree from a higher education institution. Do you realize that? 6.7% of people in the world, if you have a college degree. Now, in light of your, your present circumstances, that's the next one, in light of your present circumstances, what's the wise thing for you to do, college students? I know it's easier not to study. I've been there. I know it's easier to go to a party. I've done that. But what's the wise thing to do with the fact that you are faced with the opportunity of a lifetime that less than 7% of the people globally have? What's the wise thing to do with your time in college? It's just four years, man. Just study, just study, just a little bit. Make your mama proud. Make your mama proud. And then in light of my future hopes and dreams, where do I need to make some regular investments of time? I said that my in-laws, my grandparents-in-law passed away after 72 years of marriage. And I had the privilege uh, of knowing them for the last 10 years of it. And about four years ago, my my wife's grandfather got moved into a care facility because we just couldn't care for him outside of that anymore. And my grandmother uh, could not drive. And so she would get rides every single day, and she would just go to the care facility, and she would sit there and hold his hand every single day for about an hour until she was too exhausted, and then she'd be driven back to her apartment every day. I have a picture of them in the last week of life. She's laying in bed, and now he's been wheeled into her. He was blind. He couldn't see. He couldn't walk. But they put their hands together. you know how they got to 72 years? You know how they got to be the marriage that I want to be should the God allow me to be married for 72 years? It wasn't some grand vacation and it wasn't some mega marriage conference. It was small investments of time over time. Now, do you want to be that couple? I know you do. What's the wise thing to do today? Here's the biggest, here's the biggest question, and I'm going to wrap our time up now. Here's the biggest question. We're talking about what our time looks like on this earth, but I want to ask you, have you ever stopped to think about the fact that someday your time on earth will end? It will end for all of us, whether it's at 32, 62, or 92. Have you ever stopped and asked the question, what do I want my eternity to look like? What do I want my eternity to look like? And in light of that question, have you ever stopped and made the wise choice Here's the wise choice. God tells us that we all have an eternity somewhere, that if we walk with him in this earth, we will walk with him into eternity, and it will be such a celebration. It will be, it will be amazing. My, my grandparents-in-law, they're, man, they're dancing, they're singing, they're eating super burritos. It's amazing. That's my heaven. But God also says, if, if you choose, if you choose not to walk with me in this life, I will allow you to not walk with me into eternity because God's a gentleman and he doesn't force himself on any of us. Now, are you walking with God in this life? Here's how you know you're walking with God in this life. You've had that moment where God tapped you on the shoulder and said, I want you to have a relationship with me and you responded by saying yes. And then you lived out that decision with God for the rest of your life. Have you ever moved God from some distant deity out there to a personal, loving, heavenly father who shares life with you? If you haven't, then today is your day. I'm praying that today is your day. Listen, tomorrow would be an okay day, but you're not guaranteed tomorrow. But you have today. You have today. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I just want to invite you do it today. Start that journey with him today. It's the greatest present in the history of the world, and he's just inviting you to open it. It's sitting there, wrapped up, ready for you to open. I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to give you a chance to open that present. You can open that present by simply repeating a prayer of commitment to God. And it's not some magic spell, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, um, it's not like a one-time thing. It's just the acknowledgement that you want to have a relationship with a God who loves you, and then it begins a journey with God that will carry you through into eternity. So if you're ready to make that decision with me today, uh, we're going to close our eyes, and we're going to pray right now, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me about that. So let's close our eyes and pray. And if you're ready to make that decision, I want you to know God could not love you more than He does right now. He's been waiting for this moment. He's been gently tapping you on the shoulder, and He's a gentleman just waiting for you to turn around so that He can just pour His love out on you. He's ready. He's ready for you. And if you're ready for Him, just repeat these words after me. You can say, Lord Jesus, I believe you love me. And I believe that you died on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin so that I could have a relationship with my loving Heavenly Father. Today I say yes. Yes, I want to have this relationship. Yes, I want you. So would you come into my life? God, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And would you show me what it looks like to walk in partnership with you every day from this day forward into eternity? I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.